I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to So I Got to Thinking a weekly podcast which attempts to answer the soul-searching questions set out by fictional journalist Kerry Bradshaw in the HBO series Sex and the City. Each week, Dylan Jones, drunk, and myself, (laughs) Juno Dawson, drunk at Vogue, will ask if Carrie's musings are still relevant for today. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Juno. Um, Where are we up to? Well, we're on episode six, and we are having secret... We are talking about (laughs) secret sex. We are not having secret sex. That would be a plot twist, wouldn't it? It would, and it wouldn't be secret because we'd be sharing it on our podcast. As ever, let's start off with a little, a little potted synopsis of this episode. I must admit, yep. this isn't one of my all-time classic favourite episodes, kind of in the middle of season yeah, one. I mean, it's okay. It's not particularly, it's not a memorable one, is it, really? Well, I mean, it should be, because of course it's the first proper date between Carrie and Big. Yeah. Big had gone a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks, yeah. but now he is back and they've got their first date. Yeah. So there's the first date between Carrie and Big, in which Carrie says lots of great romances started from the first date, and then can't think of any. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, her and Big becomes a great, a great love. Yes, a great. <laughs> um, I'm looking for real. Love. Oh God! And then what else happened? You're right. Not that much. Well, happens. it deals with the bus. So she gets, <clears throat> and it starts brilliantly with I think them actually taking pictures of Sarah Jessica Parker, yes. and then passing it off as them taking pictures of Carrie Bradshaw, because of course some of the pictures from that photo shoot were used ah. to publicise the first season of Sex and the City. That's very meta, isn't it? Very meta. That's what our photo shoots going to be like. We're very like? excited. We're about to do our photo shoot, and we have. We, I want no spoilers. Oh, by now you will have seen it. Well, yeah. So, oh my god. So actually, let's talk about. We so this is hilarious because we're going to be talking about. We haven't actually done the pictures yet, but we are. We we are hoping to recreate the original hardback cover of Carrie Bradshaw's novel, well, memoir, I guess, Sex and the City with with. A classy black blazer and yeah. lots of bare legs well, and she's laptops. Kind of coyly clutching a laptop. Clutching a laptop to her groin. <laughs> so um yeah, so that's that's so we'll see how gonna that be goes. yeah. So um if if that hasn't come to pass, <laughs> that's because it looked shit and we vetoed it and did something so different. So you'll be looking at a different picture. Yeah, um, but hopefully that's the picture you're looking at right now. Uh, so what else happens? Well um, we we have and he's such a massive right. Oh my god. Yes, yeah, so there's two 
massive rides in this episode who I really fancy. And you know who one of them is going to be. The guy who, I I can't remember his name, but Carrie's friend who has sex with a cheese shop woman. Mike Singer. So hot. That's Mike Singer. Mike Singer. Even though he is trash, he is so hot. Those eyes, those Those blue eyes. The perfectly square teeth. Mm. If you like, if like as you are watching along week on week, please do tweet us your thoughts about Mike Singer, who we never saw before or since. I feel like he's one of those men like, only Americans look like that. Mm-hmm. Like, British men just don't look like that. No. <laughs> well, because I'm guessing the actor's Italian-American. He's yeah. He's got that sort of Joey Tribbiani-like totally. vibe to him, kind of. Totally. Yeah, so the story, as the story goes, so Carrie and Mr. Big, they have sex yes, on their first date. She day. wears a naked dress. Very naked. Um, and Charlotte says, well, let's just see it. You're going to have sex. And, and sure enough, they do. I hated Charlotte a bit in this episode, to be yes, honest. Yes, we're we'll we'll come to her later. They have sex on bizarrely next to Mr. Big's bed. I think we, yeah. we are to assume that Mr. Big is so wild at sex, he has fucked her off the edge <laughs> of the king-size bed. Do you know what I loved? The prelude to that scene, which was when they both get in the back of the cab mm-hmm. and they're both just limousine. like... Limousine. In, in the back cab. of the, in, Yeah, the back of Big's limousine. And they're both just like... Just sort of like looking at mm-hmm. each other. I I feel like it caught that sexual tension really well. Like when you meet someone a night on a night out and you know what's going to happen and you, you both get in the back of the cab and you're like, right, this is on. Like, this is happening. I feel like... It's been a long time since that's happened for me, Dylan. <laughs> you might need to write that down later so I can have it as erotica. But I feel like they caught... that. It was only a few seconds as well, but I feel like that, that was spot on, that bit. Mm. Um, yeah. So they have sex, and then afterwards he asks if she fancies Szechuan food. <laughs> yeah. So they go to, I believe, the Szechuan dragon, um, yeah. which is... She has uncovered Big's love of greasy Chinese food, where she runs into her pal, Mike Singer, who is having sex... Apparently, well, he's having dinner with with somebody that we will will come to know as Cheese Lady. Libby Bialik. Libby Bialik. I'm glad you wrote down her name because I was just going to call her Cheese Lady. I, I remembered it. I, I like, remembered I, of all the names in Sex and the City. Like, you I remember, remember that Mike name. Singer. <laughs> Libby Bialik. Cheese Lady. I um, love Libby Bialik. Me too. Again, I, I was a big fan of hers. And, and of course, uh, Mike won't introduce Libby to Carrie. Because he is deeply embarrassed mm. to be having sex with her. I mean, why, why do you think he's embarrassed? Is he trash? Well, yes, he's trash. Yeah. But um, what what do you think it is about Libby that makes him embarrassed? Well, he says that she's not beautiful. That's not fucking on because Which, she's very attractive. Yeah, she is. She has be- also beautiful teeth. They are a tooth-matched pair. But I, I like that that is kind of Sex in the City's idea of someone who's not beautiful. Like, I mean, yeah, what a monster. <laughs> she has beautiful hair and teeth and skin. She sells cheese. She's I mean, what, probably like nine, ten stone? Like, I mean... Um, she might be in UK sizes. She's possibly a size ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of, I mean, heaven help us. Fat. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, well, but I mean, this is, I mean, when you're standing next to Sarah Jessica Parker, who... Notably, as a size two or a UK six, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike isn't going to tell anyone about sex with Libby, which prompts our question of the week, which is how many of us out there are having great sex with people we're ashamed to introduce to our friends? Do you know what? I think a lot of people are. I would fully agree with you. And so we know what's going to happen. Included. So who's going first is what I'm saying, Dylan. Is it going to be you or is it going to be me? Well, as much as Mike Singer is an asshole, something that he said, which I really got, unfortunately, was he said that he 
didn't think she was that gorgeous, so there wasn't any pressure. And I to- I'm, I'm sure you know what I mean. I mm-hmm. totally feel that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've totally had those kind of experiences where you don't feel like you have to perform. If you're with someone that you're really attracted to and it really matters and you feel quite self-conscious in front of them. But if it's someone that you enjoy spending time with but aren't so attracted to, you do feel a lot more uninhibited, or I do, anyway. And uh, it's funny, because later on this is revisited in a much bigger way when Charlotte gets together with Harry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Anthony Marantino, who we've not met yet, and there was was like, ugly sex is the best sex! (laughs) And kind of like, that's hot! Um, (laughs) And um, certainly when I was in my 20s and a lot more free-loving and (laughs) free-spirited... yeah, some of the, honestly the best sex I ever had was with people that I wouldn't have necessarily introduced to my friends. Mm. Not because they were hideous cheese sales people, <laughs> but, but because because there wasn't a future in it. So what was the point? You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to introduce every person that I'm sleeping with to my friends. You know, I introduce a man to my friends if I kind of want their approval and and you know want to fold a man into my life. Mm. And so on that regard, I understand where Mike Singer is coming from, because if he doesn't see a future with this Libby woman, then why why bother? But I will say, specifically in terms of secret sex, because I think my friends always understood that I would only introduce them to a partner if I thought it was getting serious. Yeah, so they're kind of so two separate two, Yeah, exactly. That's two mm. separate things, because I think I wouldn't introduce a boyfriend to my friends until a little way in regardless until I was sure for myself I guess but in terms of secret sex so the one that sprung to mind and of course when I did this knowing full well we were going to be having this conversation I was like right let's scroll back down the annals of history and there was one guy and obviously I won't say his name and he was just I mean there's I don't really know how to say it in a polite way he was a gross old lech. <laughs> and he was a notorious sex pest right. in the Brighton scene. So this was pre-transition. Um, he was a notorious sex pest. He ran a night venue. Careful. And I'm going to be very careful. There's lots of night venues in Brighton. Yes. But he was notorious for... And I'm going to use the word, he was. He would prey right. on very young Twinkie men. And at right. the time, I would have been, what, 22, 23? And, but there was something about this gross, I mean, this is very problematic work, Charlotte, is going to swoop through this glass <laughs> window any minute. Um, there was something about the way he was so, and I will say this, he never overstepped his marks in terms of consent. Yeah. Either, you know, he was, so on, strangely on that regard, you know, there was nothing untoward about it, but he was so confident and mm. dare I say it, cocky. Mm. And, you know, he would, Every once in a while, he would pop up on my phone, you know, with some really quite explicit stuff. And I was, you know, told in quite a sort of Fifty Shades of Grey kind of way, which is, you know, I'm coming over in 10 minutes. I totally, I totally feel you. And I feel like our stories are going to be very similar because, (laughs) because much like last week, um, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't got a specific example because there have been quite a few. (laughs) But, um, But yeah, like very similar situations where, for me, it's always confidence. Like, if someone's confident... In fact, I, was go- I would go as far as to say that confidence is my main attraction. Like, no matter how someone looks, if you're confident, then the chances are if you catch me at the right moment, you're going to get in my pants. Um, so, <laughs> and that's the tea. And that's, that is the tea. Um, but, yeah, I mean, but I would say that I am a little bit better than Mike Singer 
in that I do sleep with people who I might be a little bit ashamed of, but I always tell my close friends about it. And I'm always like, lol, I slept with this person. You see, with that guy back in the day in Brighton, if I'd seen him in public, I would have pretended not to know him. So I am wow. worse than Mike Singer. Wow. I am ultra trash. But I think he knew the score. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet he did. Mm. I bet he did. Um, <laughs> but gosh, I, I would, you know, strangely of all, because I, I, you know, dated some absolute dirtbags. You know, I think quite fondly of him. Mm. Um, I think we knew what it was. But, you know, and at the time, weirdly now, again, purse transition, very different headspace, different place in my life. If a man was to do that kind of like, I'm coming over right now, I'd be like, fuck off. Just, I'm in the middle of Bake Off. You know, I'm in a really different place now. Do you um, think it's a gender thing as well? I feel like it's, for me, I feel like it might be more okay for a gay man to say that to another gay man than for a straight man to say that to a woman. Is I don't that, know, because don't know. at the moment I'm reading a very, very wonderful book um, called Queenie by Candice Carty-Williams, and we'll have to get her in as a guest at some point because she is so good. Amazing. And it's about her experience as a 20-something woman of colour in London, her highs and lows on Tinder, and the way that she was fetishised as a black woman, there was certainly <clears throat> some parallels with how I've been fetishised as a trans woman mm. as well. And so, you know... Before I was in my relationship now, you know, nearly all of the Tinder messages I got was something along the lines of, oh, you know, I'd I'd love to secretly fuck a trans woman. And you're kind of like... I bet that made you feel great. <laughs> well, because of where I am now in my life, in my 30s, it was very much a just immediate block. Yeah. But... In my 20s, had I transitioned, you know, my teens or 20s, I think things would have been different. And I think I would have been perversely flattered by the attention. And I think I would have gone into these kind of secret sex scenarios mm. as a trans woman in my 20s. You know, and I did actually in the early days of transition and, you know, oh, we're in trans corner oh, so soon. Um, um, we need to do a jingle. Yeah, we'll um, get Kim Petras to record a jingle. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> thank you so much for your, for your words. Thank you for the words. And... Um, you know, I think when I started my transition, I, you know, I had wrongly thought going into it, oh, my God, that might be it for my love life. You know, what if this is, you know, but I knew it would. It was better to be myself than it was to have a boyfriend. And um, and so when guys were still interested, you know, the first couple of guys that I dated, um, as well, actually, that's not quite true, but there was a couple of guys that I dated in the very early years of my transition who were just awful. And for them, I was their Libby Bialik. Oh, shit, yeah. Very much so. Right. Including, and we mentioned this last week as well, there are a huge number of married or engaged men yeah. who are actively on those dating apps looking for trans women. And were you aware that you were Libby Bialik? I very, very quickly became aware yeah. that I was Libby Bialik. And in fact, yeah. one guy, well, now I remember this guy, and I, you know, I talk about him in the gender games. Um, he, I think, I don't think I name him. He was a PE teacher and I'd cooked him a beautiful dinner. He'd driven over from Portsmouth. I cooked him a beautiful dinner and he just said, mm, you know, I'm not sure this is really what I came for. And he was like, you know, you know, when I see myself in the future, you know, I'll end up with a normal woman. Oh. And I was like, I think you can leave now. Yes. And that was... Oh, my God, and even better. Later, much, much later, he said, I got this weird sort of broke back mountain, why can't I quit you message saying, I guess you're my guilty pleasure. Uh. And I went absolutely 
Um, I think I sort of, in fact, I re- replied, um, who who taught you it was okay to speak to women like this? Yeah. And you said, oh, I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead. And I was like, you haven't been ahead for a very long time. I kind of, I always wonder, because I've heard a few stories like this. I always wonder what goes through, goes through their heads. Like, what what is going on? What What do they think they're doing? <laughs> just all, I mean... I will say this guy, he is a very handsome, sporty, white, cisgender man. I've heard that great privilege. I've heard that they often are exactly that type as well, which is another interesting thing. Yeah, just, um, and it's so funny, um, you know, his WhatsApp picture now, because actually, do you know, I very nearly accidentally sent him a message a couple of weeks ago because I got the wrong person on WhatsApp (laughs) with his name. And I thought, that's not who I want to message. And I looked at the picture and it's him and some girl. And, you know, I do wonder if he is still out there having secret sex with women like Mm. me. And and I hope for her sake, he's not, but... Um, so back, that, that's, but actually, no, on, can yeah. I say there is a bit of a difference there between <clears throat> secret sex, like Mike and Libby, yeah. whereby they are both single, they're just not sharing it, versus secret sex like cheating. And actually, we yeah. will deal with cheating another time, yeah. I think. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's something... There's something one of Carrie's like one of the I think the question this episode that just made me kind of go oh fucking hell Carrie like she was just the question is was secret sex the ultimate form of intimacy or is it just another way in which we deny our feelings and emotionally compartmentalize our lives it's a bit heavy <laughs> um, and a bit it feels a bit business speak as well not she's overthinking it massively overthinking <laughs> it yeah um no I think it's the short answer to that one yeah no um no, and I mean, and the episode sort of resolves itself in a in a fairly sort of pleasant way. But before we get to the resolution, can we talk about the other massive ride in this episode, who I had forgotten existed, but could well be one of the sexiest men to ever be in Sex and the City, Charlotte's Hasidic Jewish artist. Oh, my God, yes. So hot. I'm so glad you so said that. So hot. 
what is that? That's like a ridiculous line. Like, it was so sexy, so familiar. <laughs> the smell of his wool. <laughs> the smell of his wool. Which I, I don't know how okay <clears throat> that is. I think work Charlotte might have something to say about that. But it is hilarious. And what's interesting, because, again, the dynamics of the group, that Charlotte had told Samantha <clears throat> this story. And then Samantha's like, did, did Charlotte ever tell you about the rabbi? Yeah. And, of course, he's not a rabbi. That's completely Samantha just <laughs> making up a story. And, but... again, again, like, another great scene of them all, like, interacting as friends. I love that, like... Samantha and Carrie like traipse down to the gallery <laughs> and they're like, tell us about your <laughs> Tell us about the rabbi who doesn't exist. <laughs> but it's quite, yeah, it's funny. He was a Hasidic folk artist in Brooklyn. Or <laughs> I mean, in Queens. Of, of course, I think it was Queens. Yeah. But um, I found that interesting. I guess the religious the religious thing, she's Episcopalian, he's mm. Jewish. Is that less of a thing now? I don't know. Well, it was about to become a much, much bigger thing for Charlotte and Harry. So, oh, yeah. Of course, I mean, again, some maybe some foreshadowing. Maybe yeah, maybe she that's... really does fetishise Jewish hair. Maybe that's where it all starts. That's, you know, that, that never gets mentioned when she later converts to Judaism. Um, but I wonder if that was quite pivotal in Charlotte's life. Yeah, maybe. And some of the best sex... Well, Charlotte admits it's some of the best sex she ever had. It was the smell of that wool. The smell of the wool. And he is very sexy. The way he throws his cigarette across <laughs> yes. his own gallery is ridiculous. I think it's his eyes. His eyes are sexy. Yeah. Well, because at that time, nobody had beards. And I, as yeah. my boyfriend will tell you, I really love a beard. <laughs> and um, As do I. And um, yeah, he he was one of very few men in Sex and the City canon. Who had who, a beard. Who had a beard. I'm trying to think of anyone else who had one. I can't at the moment. But then, of course, else, elsewhere, it did get slut shamey. About spanking. Yeah, Miranda. I mean, that feels ridiculous now. Miranda really annoyed me. Like, we've come on a long way. A, the fact the fact he watches porn is in any way interesting. So Miranda found Miranda when he uh, was dating this very sweet guy. She kicks him in the head. Yeah, she kicks him in the head at judo or something. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out and, like, sweetly leaves, trusts her and, like, leaves her in his apartment. She fucking rifles through his drawers until she finds a spanking DVD and then gets all, like, has this, like, existential crisis about it. Like, what if he's only into spanking? And then just, like, brings it up and, like, makes fun of him and then is surprised when he never calls her again. Like, yeah, a rare example of Miranda being an idiot. Because <laughs> we've done this before and obviously when the show set out in the writers' rooms there was a thing where they must have sort of plotted you know, let's how many how many sexual positions and fetishes can we tap into? Because we talked about this with the ridiculous Charlotte umming and ahhing about whether or not to do anal. Oh yeah. And so now these <laughs> things just look terribly terribly quaint. Yeah. In 2019 the idea that you would even bat an eyelid at a man earning, well, you might be slightly surprised to find a VHS, because, I mean, how on earth is he going to watch it? just be like, oh, my God, this is so retro. Yeah, (laughs) but just kind of like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we should be careful, because I sometimes wonder with everything that we've been through as individuals and living in cities, is our level of normal... (laughs) <laughs> well, what is normal? I think normal comes... I think this is a carry question for later. Because actually, maybe there are people out there, and please do tweet us and tell us, would you be shocked if you found out your partner was watching porn? I think I can safely say, I might be proven wrong when this mm-hmm. episode airs, uh, if and when people do respond to it. I think I can safely say that everyone around our generation wouldn't be remotely shocked by this. Because I remember at university... And one of my dear friends wouldn't let her boyfriend watch porn. She considered it cheating. 
And I mean, the, he did watch. I'm sure he did. Watch. Well, duh. <laughs> well, I mean, this. I mean, the internet was still in its kind of. It was broadband was very new for us. Oh right. But um, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine for a second he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine for a second he wasn't picturing me while they were having sex. <laughs> of but um, of course. Um, but now, I mean, my gosh, I mean, and I, I do wonder is was this again the the largely male production crew underestimating the sexuality of women? You know, the notion <clears> that you know wouldn't. Carrie or Samantha, wouldn't they be into porn and erotica as well? I think later on we see them making fun of gay porn, but it kind of starts them starts them on a base level of less sexual than the male characters. It's you weird. actually rarely, still rarely hear women talking about porn and masturbation, uh, with the a notable recent exception of Fleabag, which I loved, mm-hmm. when she would just like talk about having a wank and stuff. And it made me realise you never hear, you still rarely hear women say that in TV. Well, Catelyn Moran wrote about it in House yeah. for a Woman. And again, Catelyn Moran talks about the need for better porn for women as well. Yeah. And certainly <clears> I think, <throat> you know, the boom in shops like, well, even from Anne Summers down to She Said and Love Honey. I mean, Love Honey is a massive, massive online trade now and largely is selling sex toys and accessories to women. Yeah. Um, and of course, because I mean, we're not far off from the episode where Charlotte gets her first vibrator as well. I mean, that's you know, and it would, oh yeah, the it rabbit, was, the rabbit, and you know, it's considered <clears throat> wild that she would have a vibrator. So it's kind of, you know, it's it's an interesting one that you know that they were so prudish about the notion of this chap whose name I have forgotten, um, wanting to be spanked, which now is like. You know, now you like to think that they would have a conversation where Miranda would feel empowered to say, I'm not into spanking, but if you are, fill your boots. And she also, like, assumed that just because she found a spanking DVD in his drawer, that he was exclusively into spanking. People are into, like, fetish doesn't work like that. Like, just because you sometimes want to watch a spanking video doesn't mean that you only want to do spanking. Of course, yeah. Uh, But maybe that wasn't known in the 90s. I don't know. Well, because, yeah, and we've, we've talked about this before, which is, did, was Sex and the City instrumental in empowering women to talk about sex more? So it was created kind of like a feedback loop. Mm. You know, the more women on TV talked about sex, the more women talked about sex. And here we are now, many, many years later, talking on a podcast very openly about sex. Yeah. I would imagine largely being listened to by women who are also talking about sex. Yeah. Um, I think we need to talk about something more interesting before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a question that we can come back to time and again. Yeah. Is Carrie Bradshaw batshit crazy? (laughs) Because her response at the end of this episode when she challenges... So she starts to worry. So back to the plot. Carrie starts to worry that she is Mr. Big's secret sex. Yeah. And that he, you know, he doesn't introduce her to someone on the street and he keeps taking her to Szechuan Dragon, which is like a den of shady girlfriends. <laughs> and she goes, she gets drunk. Um, she sees the world's worst penis drawn on her face. It's like the worst <laughs> cock graffiti I've ever seen. And she gets really fucked on champagne. And she she goes to his address. Walks in and makes herself a martini. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Throws Parker, it around the room. I was good. Sarah Jessica Parker's very good at sort of slopping martini glasses mm. around, isn't she? She's a great physical comedian. She actually. is. She yeah. is, yeah. Because she <clears throat> has said in lots of interviews that she massively looked up to Jennifer Saunders in Abfab. Ah, interesting. And was always looking for ways to have Carrie trip or fall or stumble. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, I mean, I feel like his reaction was quite sort of, 
I'd have been a bit more freaked out if someone did that to after me. Seriously, watch that. If you haven't watched it, watch the end of this episode. She's, she's nuts. Like how there was any way back from that is almost the most unrealistic thing about this episode, including <laughs> the fact she's on the side of a bus. She goes around his house in the middle of the night, gets him out of bed, throws liquor around his beautiful <laughs> parquet flooring, screams at him about how she deserves to be treated better, and he's letting her off the hook entirely. I feel like she turned into a little bit of a caricature. A bit of a caricature. I feel like it was slightly edging towards... Oh, the woman, the woman's like really neurotic, but she gets away with it because she's a woman. Oh, she's so quirky and yeah. cute, isn't she lovely? Do you know what I mean? I felt that a little bit with that. I mean, bravo for calling out <clears> the bad <throat> behaviour, even though, and I think sometimes like that, when, I mean, paranoia is a killer in a relationship. Mm. If you start to, you know, once you get an idea in your head, oh, he's seeing somebody else. Oh, he's still on Tinder. Oh, I think this is happening. Yeah. You know, it can be very hard to shake that. So I applaud her for calling it out and not letting it breed resentment. But babe, yeah. you don't go around to somebody's flat in the middle of the night, pissed. And it's after the first date. So they've, I think, yeah, they've, they've, they've had two dates. So they've had two dates because he took her back to Szechuan Dragon. But still, two dates. Yeah. <laughs> and and she sort of, although that said, it's funny because that it does also slightly feel, and there's the scene midway through this episode where they're walking through Manhattan and he has his arm around her. Yeah. And actually it feels very intimate for a yeah. second day. And she's like looking up at him. Yeah, and it's Doing a slightly adoring. ridiculous walk. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's a funny one because even though... They're only on their second official date. It already feels like they have a relationship and she just say, are we cool? And, and he's like, we're fine. It might just, it might as well have been the fact that they have great chemistry as well. The actors. Yeah. Um, SJP and what's his name? Chris Nose. Chris Nose. No, no. Rhymes with birth, not moth. Um, yeah, I don't know. Very, yeah. Very strange scene to end on. But I suppose, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose at the time I was very pro carry and very anti-big. I did for a long time see Big as a villain but on this rewatch I'm starting to see that Carrie is Nuts. wild <laughs> I can only, I can understand now why people really resented the notion of being called a Carrie mm. because there's neurotic <clears throat> and there's just batshit like Bronte sister crazy <laughs> I do think that I'm a Carrie I think you're a Carrie as well. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would never, ever, I wouldn't ever, ever go around to somebody's in the middle of the night, but I would absolutely call them out. If I was, if I would, but then Let's similarly, also... I wouldn't, I would say, no, we're not going back to that place. I didn't like the greasy noodles. Yeah. So. Let's also remember as well, she's American. They're American. Yes. And Americans respond, you know, we're, we're quite reserved, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> Americans will be listening no to this. No offence to any Americans. Thank you. Yes, we agree. love you, Americans. They'll listeners. agree with us. Americans are on the more vocal and we err on the more kind of <laughs> reserved. Yes, yeah, so we we can say a lot with best regard. Yeah. Or just okay, full stop. As per my last email. <laughs> God. God, you just saying that. Like, <laughs> uh, cool. So we've we've to wrap up, we've decided that Carrie's question was title nonsense. It is, although I think she's right in saying I think probably there are a lot of us <clears throat> who are having really good sex with people and really what it boils down to, we consider ourselves to be hotter than them. Yeah. I really think, I mean, Frankly, that, that could just, be Carrie's yeah. question, couldn't it? Which is, are a lot of us having sex with people we consider ourselves 
you know, if we consider ourselves... Have you noticed when you get people to rate themselves, everybody always says like a six or a seven? Yeah, you know, I think there are a lot of us who are having sex with threes and fours. Yeah. And I would go as far as to say, I think everyone at some point who has an active sex life has had some, has had sex with someone who, you know, they're a bit unsure of, <laughs> wouldn't introduce to their friends. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know what? I sometimes wonder if this podcast is just you and I outing ourselves <laughs> yeah. as kind of quite promiscuous <laughs> in out in my past. I'd, 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 I'd like to say. <laughs> there are going to be times when, we will, when we'll be like, oh, everyone does that. And everyone will be listening like, <laughs> no. no, no one does. And we'll be chased through the streets with pitchforks with scarlet A shame. on our heads. Shame, shame. But yeah, and I don't really think there's a question. I don't really think there's an answer to it. I think... Um, you know, late later on, we will see this storyline revisited with Charlotte and Harry, and he he and somewhat with Steve as well. You know, the the one that you wouldn't introduce to your friends, who then do translate into being a relationship. Oh, I thought Steve was. I think Steve's Steve. Steve is hot. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but Miranda considers him less than her because she's a lawyer and he's a bartender. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is a theme that they came back to multiple times in the show. Um. But I would say, you know, not every sexual partner has to be your soulmate. Oh, and if yeah. you're having great sex, then have has. great sex. You yeah. don't have to introduce them to your friends. Do it. Continue to have your secret sex. <laughs> but, again, we'll, we'll come to cheating at a later date. Yes. Please do join us next time when we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 7. The Monogamous. Until then, enjoy your secret sex yeah. and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.